morning and welcome to your daily game phase coming live late late go ahead lou the late blasi go ahead lou the late blasi lou we are i feel like mac jones this morning (laughs) i'm about to i'm about to tackle you (laughs) right yeah um we are 30 minutes late why are we 30 minutes late lou Lou. Not quite 30, but yes. Oh, I'm sorry. 27 minutes late, <laughs> no. to be exact. Well. Because we are late because Lou decided. I made it. I he, gambled and I, lost. He, he made a picnic. Person in chair, not in computer issue. He made an executive decision with 15 minutes to go that he would do an update on Windows. 30 minutes to go. Um, you said 15. No, and 30. I should have. I would have told you, don't do that. But of course, you were like, oh no. So I walk in. There were mitigating circumstances. Mitig- really, really. Yeah. What's the mitigating? Oh. I, t- I told you. <laughs> told you what the mitigating. What does John say? Run. <laughs> um, I'm okay. I'm in. Cl- I'm encased in glass, John. So. <laughs> well, that doesn't necessarily mean you're safe. Just because that's even worse. You're encased in glass, and I could like throw something through the window at you. People don't know because they can't see you, but I have a window right in front yeah. of me that I could go ping. Yep. So I show up and Lou's rebooting and he's like, I'm really sorry. This will just take a minute. 27 minutes later. Wait a second. You missed, I you missed the other part. Which part? The part where you text me that you're going to be late. I was by three, on a weekly basis. By three minutes. <laughs> but I'm never late to the show. I'm just late to get in the studio yeah, yeah. when I was on time and you were still late. I know. I have the courtesy to at least tell you. Yeah, you yeah, weren't going to tell me. You just waited for me to text you. And then. Check your text. I told I did, you. I, I know. But you waited to tell me when I texted you first. And you say, oh, don't worry. I have issues too. And I come in and your issue was big. I didn't know. If I, it, I didn't know it was going to be a problem at that point. Because so, a Windows update can take 10 minutes or it can take apparently 40 minutes. <laughs> um. Well, in your case, because you said 30, because you had 30. So that made yeah. 57 minutes. I had to do the math. <laughs> it took you 57 minutes and it made my show late. So here we are. Yep. Talk about dealing with adversity. But you know what I got to really? do? Really? I got I got to do 27 minutes of talking at you today about all the things I heard all of it. That I absorbed I, all of it. You, I was multitasking. You were you were sitting staring at a screen that was spinning. No, no. I was staring at you. <laughs> Listening and waiting for the computer. Kathy just told me to breathe or us to breathe and regroup. Yeah. Oh, I'm fine. Oh, we're both fine. I'm, it's just I had to throw them under the bus because, you know. I'm a little nervous, but I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love to see him sweat. Yeah. I do. Hey, anyway. You know, on my forthcoming book about which I'm not writing now because. You have to wait for people to die. Point. No, no, he's about to. Oh. <laughs> figuratively. I've had I've had this book in my mind for a hundred years. Everything I need to know in life I learned from Bill Belichick. Oh, that was I can't believe you. With all his quotes. Well, but it's it's no good now. No one's gonna. Okay. Pay attention to. First it. of all, so let's. One just... of which is do your job. So when I don't do my job and it's on me, when it's sitting on me, I get I don't like that. Right. I well, like... you know what? You should have started your job earlier. Yeah. Like. You know, we had this conversation. Like, it was seen I, relatively I, early this morning. Listen, I said you wouldn't have done this to anybody else but me. Because why? Because I'm tolerant, <laughs> impatient. Okay. And and I gave you a list of people that you could have done this to before me on Monday or Tuesday, but you didn't. It, no, that's not the way it works with the Windows update. Anyway, I showed up this morning when I, I got in. I know you thought it was a good idea to do it right before my show. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. So moving along. So speaking of Mac Jones. Here comes the Mac truck, right? Yep. Because this actually is a um, an 
a ongoing question uh, over the weekend of like, what the hell is going on with the Patriots? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a, you know, first of all, I'm not going to say anything negative because it's, it's football, right? And it's just, it is, it's a game and, and people love the Patriots. And if you're a fan, you're a fan, you can't be fair weather. So it's, they're fledgling. They're like little babies getting up on their feet as a new team and they're having struggles. And so, yes. And, and I think that Bill is having some struggles as well. (laughs) And so it's, you know, it's one of those things. So I can't say a lot, obviously. (laughs) Well, I can't. I can only just say that well, cl- you- from a clinical perspective, it's a fledgling team. There's a lots of movement. I think it's a lot of pressure on Mac. He's young. He's not the same as Tom Brady. It's not the same dynamic. It's not a Gronk. It's just different. And yeah. that's a lot of pressure to put on him, Mac. Like, it's a team. It's not just him. And so people are, I think people are mistakenly, psychologically putting a lot of pressure on this young kid as if he's Tom Brady. I think that's a big piece mm-hmm. of it. And I think that's unfair. And I think that then I think probably he's doing that as well, along with the the, the masses of 70, 80,000 people are sitting there like expecting and, you know. And Let's people... speak about this metaphorically though. Okay, here we go. Don't you have clients who sit there and they have problems that they're dealing with and 80% of them are self-inflicted? Well, yes. Yeah, that's what's happening here. Say more. <laughs> It's, there's a lot of self-infliction going on here, and it's not like this is year four of this rebuild. I understand. And it's year three with this quarterback. It's not It's his, not his rookie season. But I know, but it's the people around him that are, are not maintaining the same level of – they're not on the same continuum. It's not like they're all growing together. It's a lot of in and out and yeah. new draft picks and new – it's like it's just keeps – Which, re- by the way, is one of the self-inflicted – aspects of this I understand. the people who are around him i understand I, that's why i pointed it yeah. out that's why yeah thank you <laughs> okay we're gonna move on because i know this is a touchy subject for you because yeah. it's and i don't oh, want to go there huge patriots fan i so yeah really i i have i run for the patriots oh, marathon team yeah and- <laughs> you go to gillette at the lighthouse and, and all the charity events <laughs> I sat in Schaefer Stadium with Rod I, Rust. I sat in Schaefer, in Schaefer Stadium on the steel benches and froze my ass off. Yeah. The parking garage with seats. Right. That's what it was. Through the Rod Rust years. Now it's like Hugh Millen. huge. Yeah. I, I remember. Not I don't I wasn't there with you, but yeah. I remember. So anyway, yeah. so so first of all, um, not first of all, second of all. So Faith, good morning, Faith. I just wanted to say hello to Faith because this morning, Faith from Florida, lovely Wellington, yep. Florida, the Jersey girl. She um, sent me, if you saw the story over the weekend, or oh, from the weekend, um, the Chicago, the, 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 <laughs> my brain went Take fast. Take a breath. My brain went faster than my mouth. Take a breath. <laughs> really? <laughs> you got me so flustered. How come Kathy can say it and it's fine? I, I say it and I get a really? Because Kathy's different, has a different space than you do. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Okay. So Faith sent me an article on a story that came from the Chicago Marathon this weekend. And the Chicago Marathon, um, first of all, the male runner almost broke the world record and almost broke the two-hour mark. Wow. Missed it by 25 seconds. Wow. And he bumped Ilya Kepchogi off, off of his time. And so two hours 
and 35 seconds. Wow. And so he was this close. I think it was two hours and 35 seconds. That's what I think. Um, but anyway, so this woman who's from Boston and she's an excellent runner was going for a PR. She was trying to break 310. She ended up at, I think, 325 or 335, one or the other. I can't irrelevant detail at the time I was reading it and also watching it on TV, but her, um, she at mile 20, um, found a little kitten. God. <laughs> really? You know what? And by the way, I'm going to out you. What? <laughs> what now? You and your cats that you don't ever talk about. You have two cats and you don't even, you just ignore them. Anyway. So this woman found, I have them would be strong. They live in the house. I had to ask you today if they were alive and if you'd seen them. <laughs> told you they threw up my rug i knew they and were then, alive. and i said that was a testament to how they felt about you yeah, yeah. right so <laughs> like they only throw up when i'm around yeah exactly yeah, right i'm like you're lucky they didn't throw up on you yeah so the kitten <laughs> back to the story yep. so this little kitten very cute so she was i guess at mile 2021 20, and was shaking out her legs and saw this little kitten scurrying around whatever grabbed it i mean it sounded it sounded john and i were like really yesterday when we saw it I'm, I'm like, that's a weird story because all of a sudden she found this and then so she handed it off to some people running along the route and and then the people adopted it and then they're paying for uh the the foundation or whatever she was running for pause it's a new england charity she was raising money for the new england dog rescue that's a no shell no kill shelter and and she has cats and she's a cat lover and she's a great runner here in Boston. And it was really interesting. See, I thought the story was she took the cat for the rest of the marathon and then just adopted she, it. She, no, see, no, she so ran out of pockets. She, well, she did not have any pockets. She yeah. was wearing like a little booty shorts and, you know, yeah. she, yeah. Um, but she handed it off to people that were spectating and those people adopted it. Nice. Right. Originally the story that aired yesterday on the today show was that she was running along and, and then the people that she gave it to are the people who lost the kitten and like this whole story i was like yeah it was like no that and that's why we we're like that's a weird story but yeah. that's not the story it was actually she just found it and the people took it and then they adopted it because the only thing better than a cat is a feral cat <laughs> you killed my story no, not, i didn't kill the story killing my story yeah okay well i just thought it was a feel-good thing a lovely yes, feel-good story from right now whatever if it had been a dog, you'd be like, oh, my God, that's so wonderful. Yes, I would have. And see, I am an equal opportunity love of animals, so I would have said it either way. I let people love cats as much as they want you to love let cats. People, you're fired. <laughs> you're so fired. Faith, you see the abuse I take? God. Anyway, so Faith shared the story with me, and that's what corrected my understanding of the story from yesterday, that I was like, that's a weird story of yeah. how it fell out. But now I understand. And it was really great. Yeah. So anyway, so the Chicago Marathon was there, and... um. And it was a fabulous weekend that I wasn't there for. <laughs> um, have you ever run Chicago? I have. Oh, yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. It was hotter than Hades. Yep. It started off the day at 78 degrees. And by the time I got to the back half of the course, it was 80 something and it mm. was brutal. Yeah. And all the fire hydrants were turned on because they ran out of water for drinking. So oh. the yeah, it was it was a hot mess. Oh, and I got tripped and fell. You're drinking out mile... of the fire hose? No, that's how we we're filling the cups yeah. up. Yeah. But um, I got tripped at mile ten, I think it was, and it was right in the same year that I got tripped at Boston and ran with bleeding knees. Yeah. <laughs> it was a year of being tripped. It is. Yeah. Um, and while well, in Boston, I got pushed out, pushed at, at the first mile ish, right coming down out of Ashland. Oh, okay. Yeah. And pretty crowded. 
and I got spun around and people literally just lifted me up, put me back on my feet and I kept going. <laughs> that's that's the, the end when the fire department guy, the, the fire department guy, the fireman, yep. he came up and he's like, you know, you're bleeding on your knees. And, you know, this is six, 26 miles later. And I'm like, I'm aware, you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, sort of, I was aware because I didn't want to look as if I stopped, I was yep. stopping. And um, he's like, well, let's get, like, let's get that taken care of. And he's like, talk about ripping the bandit. He literally ripped my, cause I was wearing little um, capri pants yep. and they were stuck to my knee Ugh. and he ripped it. And I was like, ah, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it was really bleeding. Yeah. I have beautiful pictures of, I had, <laughs> I had like stones stuck in. There was like a little piece of glass. Oh, yeah. It God. was fabulous. Yep. Yep. See stories from marathon. Yep. Want to go run one? Okay. So, Everyone's asked me about Mush. Yes. Mush came out of the hospital last Thursday. He's home doing well. He does look, he looks less like a burnt potato chip. That's what my doctor called him, a burnt <laughs> potato chip. Because when we got him in there on Tuesday, right? Yeah. He had lost like three pounds over the time we were gone for that short little time. Wow. But now he's he's coming back and, and we had a little dip over the weekend we thought we we're going to have to be in the ER. So all day on Sunday, I ran around looking for um, ketone meters and ended up not ever finding a ketone meter. And by the time I found something, I should have just ordered on Amazon because it yeah. would have been to me, but I didn't. And I just had, so I had to, this is a funny story to me. Imagine me, I got the ketone strips and the, in the urine strips for the glucose because yep. I couldn't find everybody's, all the meters are gone for everything. Hmm. And I needed to know then because I needed to know what was going on to figure out how to medicate him correctly with insulin and all the things because he's a lot. And there I am catching urine <laughs> in a cup underneath his butt. Oh, God. Because I am that kind of cat mommy. So I could, I had to see if he had ketones. How do you, uh, okay, this is a rabbit hole <laughs> trying to go into. How do you get a cat to pee? When into I was, a cup. I, I waited for him to come up the stairs to go to the potty in the in the potty box, and I just stuck it under him without him knowing. And then I got a couple like half, in the box. Yeah. Okay. And then I took it and ran away while he was still peeing. I love cats. <laughs> He's such a jerk. No. <laughs> God bless you. Oh, whatever. Anyway, so but so Sunday was a day of. I thought it was it was a whole gone day because it was a stressful day because we, here we were Thursday we got him back and we're trying to go upwards and then he was crashing and I couldn't figure out why and I was like seriously I can't take you to spend more money yeah. on this this week I know so, right right I I just couldn't so I fixed it well at least I band-aided it I figured it out I, I'm should have just sent him to Harvard I. <laughs> <laughs> When I called the vet that is his primary vet, that's actually his, you know, I don't really take him to anymore because she, the other vet's the specialist. Yeah. I told her, I said, listen, I need your advice. I'm not bringing him in. I, but, and, and she's like, oh, and I said, and this is why. And I said, because I've hit this amount of thousands of dollars. And she gasped. And yeah. she was like, my, she goes, my credit card cried for you. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, well, anyway. Um, that's the story, but he's lovely. You know, he's 15 and a half and I'm not, he's not in any pain, but he had a little struggle in the past month. And it was because he has separation anxiety. I told you this, right? He has separation anxiety when we've gone away. And so he stops eating as much and he was over insulin. Yeah. 
because you know so i'm not no, working you didn't, you didn't give me the mechanics oh, of what that's happened the mechanics yeah. of yeah. that so he has so we're working on separation anxiety issues yeah and, good luck with that and my vet said that too he's like he's <laughs> like well i'm that's out of my that's your department i'm like so I've been doing a lot of research and I figured out a lot of things. And there's like Tough a... enough when the cat's five or the dog's five, let alone at 15. Yeah. Well, you know, so I've got that going yeah. on. So, you know, adversity going with the flow. It was a little stressful Sunday. Spring bush missed... to Aruba. And, and the... <laughs> I thought of that. I oh, have. you did not. I have, but it would not go over well. Like people do bring their dogs. I think I said that too. People bring their little dogs. There were little dogs oh, everywhere, can, like all over dogs. the pool deck. Yeah. Oh, you didn't see Right? And then someone might said, I'm going to bring them to Aruba. They were like, you're a crazy cat lady. I said, yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, the cats flight are, would kind of stress them out. I would think. Yeah, it's yeah. not, I would never do that to yeah. them. That would, I mean, yeah. So anyway, we've got a little time before we figure out how to make sure he's not going to crash. So we've got a seven step process going and we've already started it on how to make him feel not separated. Hmm. It's a very detailed thing. I've done lots of research, but I'm still anxious, you know, because. So behavioral modification I'm on a 15 year old cat. Mm -hmm. Well, it's really not behavior modification on the cat. It's behavioral modification on the part of the humans around him that have to do things in a certain way. So it doesn't stress him out. So that he doesn't realize that he's that I'm not there in yeah. the same way. Yeah, Don't see. Ask. I see. That's you lost me. Why? Animals are smart. Well, yeah, he's gonna know, but it's not gonna be as abrupt. Yeah. Right now he's relating in short, I won't go into it all, but in short, he relates that even though he knows our sitter who we've had for 10 years, that stays over in the whole thing, he relates her to only being there when we're gone. Right. And I think it's a shock to him because it's a, it's like an abrupt, like goodbye. And then, and she's only there too for him to feed him and to give him medication. So I think he gets really stressed out by it. Yeah. So we're going to change that. She's going to come over. She's going to hang out, see that we're like simpatico. <laughs> Do you like that roll of my eyes? Yes. Yep. Um, so I, I was thinking in my head. I know I did it for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So now, we're going on to the actual real topics. Yeah. Today is the 11th of October. Yes. We missed having my show yesterday, which made me sad because yesterday was the 10th of October. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, it was International Mental Health Day. Oh, it and was. You I didn't know. fail the test. No, it was the 10th of October. I, I, yes, yeah. I know. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Thanks. So, International Mental Health awareness day or whatever they want to call it, but it was international mental health day. So there were lots of people out and about talking about it. Like, um, Harry and Megan were talking about it. And oh, good. Carson Daly. And <laughs> oh, good. You know, <laughs> seriously, you're awful. Brutal. What? Go ahead to say it. Um, <laughs> what is he saying? Kathy breast and repeat. What? I don't understand. Um, so, that so it's important because people this is like hollywood people talking about politics let's have them talk about mental health <laughs> this will go well <laughs> they all have mental health issues i know so people oh but if kim kardashian were up there talking about it we'd all be watching because for some reason she's got the poll oh no i would no god lord so i don't want to hear her she's the least person i want to hear talking about well I, yeah so um but anyway, 
the mental health issues, I think is really important since my show is about having good mental health and it, it, around a variety of things, but having that as a, as a day now to at least acknowledge that that's out there, it was, it wasn't, I'm surprised it wasn't broadcast as much as it should have been because it's such an important issue yep. and things have changed a lot, but October seems to be a month of a lot of awareness days. Like it's the, it's the, this, that day, it's also the international girls day there's also international it's um the alzheimer's awareness month like there's yeah. breast cancer where it's it's all the awareness month so october gets a little loaded for some reason with this and so but i think that given the fact that the mental health um crisis in this country has been exponentially growing and so many people just at a baseline have such intense anxiety a lot of the time that they're sitting in that tension mm-hmm. versus resolving it out all the time. And, um, and I, so I'm sort of tying it together with like the mental health lack of not having stigma to it and getting a treatment, but also putting it in terms of the mental health of like, look like girls. And so we're going to focus on that for just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So go with me, even though you're a guy. Fine. Okay, fine. Yeah, I can go with you. Okay. So the, the, um, the mental health of little girls being raised in the culture of the mental health issues that have gone on, it's changing, but it's also changing for boys, but for little girls, it's changing a lot more in terms of um, like the retro kind of perspective of what used to be, you know, back in the fifties and sixties and seventies, you know, that there were very specific ways of teaching a little girl how to grow up and being and whatever. And it's much more empowered now and much more Mm -hmm. about um, giving, um, giving a path of uh, self-advocacy, permission to be themselves, not have to um, take a back seat to, you know, that whole, you know, the, you know, be seen, not heard, be there to support someone else. Like all that stuff is sort of going by the wayside because it adds so much anxiety to be the good girl. And that's the same thing as the good boy, because there's a whole dynamic for boys too as well. But I think that the mental health issues around anxiety in particular in young girls, because social media is such a Mm. draw on the mental health issues of young girls. I think that consumers, and I've read different articles on the statistics on this, but consumerism of of little girls and mental health is such a difference compared to boys. Um, The impact, I think, is different. I think there's still impact but the girls impact is they're watching stuff on eating and, you know, the trends of how to eat, to lose weight, to look a certain way, to be pretty, the products that come out that are not like the TikTok generation, right? Right. All these things. And that's such a, I think that because a lot of parents aren't really paying attention. I have so many conversations on a weekly about, do you know what your child's watching? Do you know that, you know, and people are always like, how do you know that? Because I, when kids tell me the stuff, I end up going and looking all of it up. So I know way more. Than I need to know about a lot of this stuff because I want to know what my clients are watching, and then that leads me down the rabbit hole of finding out more and more about the other things that they're seeing. And I'm like blown away about the misleading information that can lead to a lot of anxiety about how to be in the world, how to look in the world, how to understand the world. Um, and not to say that there's not really good information out there, but you. As a young kid, and 
getting those mixed messages and all that, you don't know which one is, you know, you don't have the right. developmental capability at seven, eight, nine. And even though they, they put filters on that, you know, you're not supposed to let your kids watch TikTok. It, you go on YouTube, you can't, kids are doing it. And if parents aren't vigilant and they, they do the path of least resistance, which is like, I'm not going to worry about it and I don't care. Then you've got a serious issue because it's the, that, I don't want to blame TikTok, but TikTok, Instagram, whatever they're watching, YouTube mm -hmm. is, is parenting your kid. Yep. And so the, the social pressure and the socialization of like the messages going into the child and young girls in particular, because they're big consumers of that kind of messaging leads to like the depression pieces, the anxiety pieces, the trauma pieces. Um, Cause it's a lot of misinformation that's not supported by like good, accurate educational information. And then I hear more and more about kids going to school and having their friends talk about other things that they're seeing. It leads to, it's just a big vicious cycle. And so um, in support of girls awareness month or day or whatever they're talking about, I think that if you have girls in little girls, you know, be mindful that yep. you're raising them without with or without TikTok. But also if you have, if you're an older girl, teenager, young adult, or adult, you know, you have to be really mindful of those things. In the past few shows, I've been talking about it, about really, do you know that you might need to reparent yourself? Do you know that you have needs that might not have gotten met because you were too busy getting them in a way that was unhealthy and then it made it normal for you. And so now your anxiety is up and you're like, I, I'm so anxious. And so I'm adapting mm -hmm. by like, oh, you know, I got really anxious at midnight. I'll go to bed at 10 o'clock. I got really, <laughs> right. I got really anxious when I drove that route. I will never drive. Like by the time you finish all the adapt adaptations to your anxiety, yeah, you're going to be an agoraphobic, right? You're going to be an recluse, And that's not a good way to do it. You have to give yourself permission to embrace your anxiety and be like, okay. I always call it going with the flow down the river. Right. Yeah. So when the anxiety comes up instead of fighting it, cause old school is stop, stop sign. But I didn't, I've never done any of that in the 27 years I've been practicing because it really doesn't work doing the stop thought, which was the big thing. And, and people still use it as practitioners. I always do embrace the anxiety, acknowledge it's there and then ride it down the river, like envision, uh, an actual like float taking you and the anxiety down the river. So it just passes so that you're not running from it or trying to fight it with stop the thought, stop the thought. I mean, no. there's other techniques like let's challenge. Oh, and I have the whole Process thing, it, right? right? Like let's, yeah. is it rational, reasonable, right. realistic and all the things that we do, but really saying, okay, it's here, but it's not going to get me. Right. And it's not going to kill me. I'm just going to let it ride out. So when people fight it hard, it will sit longer and keep recurring right. when people just go, okay, take the moment. It will pass very quickly, but people fight it and fight it and fight it and fight it. And they don't want to tell anybody about it. And they're ashamed. And some of the easiest, you know, people, people want this big earth shattering <gasps> remedy. And I think one of the best remedies, number one remedy besides exercise for anxiety is telling someone. Yeah. Just, that's it is talking about it saying I, I have wicked anxiety and, and not ruminating about it, but talking about it when it's like, I'm really struggling with it. And then having someone that can understand you, either a friend that can understand you or a therapist or someone in your, like a life coach or somebody that will say, that's, it's okay to have that and talk about it and be okay with it. Well, all of therapy is about putting these thoughts into words, which is a way of processing it. And it almost naturally not necessarily diminishes it, but helps you get, helps you get a get awareness of it right i mean what am i anxious about what's the worst thing that's going to happen i know bruce <laughs> 
Yes. What's the worst thing that's going to happen about? It? Is he serious? It may be. I mean, every day is a national something. I'll bet it is. I want you to. Okay, but he's totally okay. serious. Okay, well, just go back to what you're saying. It's like you were saying about the anxiety. Then I'll go back to all that. Of, all of therapy is about processing yes. through reducing your emotions into words, which helps you get a handle on them. Right? It's like I'm anxious. What am I anxious about? What's What's the thing that I'm worried about that's going to happen? And then when you start identifying it, you start realizing, well, that's not particularly realistic. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Well, right, but it, I think that people don't get to that point. Um, I'm looking this up because I can't even, <laughs> I think that people, I think that people don't get to that point of recognizing that because they get stuck in the loop of not knowing how to get to that point. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, oh, and yeah. so then they keep looping and, oh my God, he's right. I know. Okay. So before. Bruce so doesn't everyone, throw that stuff around. So, well, but... I thought he was being funny. No. So today, cause we were talking, I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm coming back to this. I'm not really sorry, by the way. Know. It's just colloquial. Um, today is National Coming Out Day. Mm -hmm. And I thought he was being facetious. So I'm no. like, oh, Bruce. And so it actually is. See, October's loaded with days. Well, every day is something. <sighs> Good Lord. I didn't know that. Then there's the Human Rights Day. Oh, my God. I didn't know these things. Oh, man. I thought I was up on everything today. I'm just not <laughs> failing. But thank you, Bruce, for letting us know that. What is he saying now? On the state for 35 years. Wow. It's been wow. National Coming Out Day for 35 years. Wow. That probably trumps the um, National Girls Day and Mental Health Day because I know that's just more new. Yeah. I don't know how long that's. But Bruce, you're there on your computer. Do the research for us. Let us know. <laughs> National Girls Day? Now, yeah. Interna I think it's International, International Girls, Girls Day. Day. I, yes. I just know that we just have Daughter's Day like two weeks ago or something. Done. I don't. I think that's a Facebook thing. You think that's a Facebook thing? I think thing? that was a Facebook thing. Like it was Nash International Daughters Day and or National Daughters Day and National Sons Day. I think it was just a way to po post your kids. I don't know. That's okay. what it felt like. Because right. it wasn't like highlighted on anything else. Every these, day is these, National Daughters Day. Oh, you're so nice. Yeah. Well, if you're a good father, it yeah. is. <laughs> Fathers and daughters, man. It's a, it's a thing. Well, for some people. <laughs> well, it's a thing. It yeah. depends on which way you're going on it, right? But anxiety um, is... So, oh, yes. Anxiety, let's go back. The intensity of anxiety anxiety comes from the vagueness of it, right? Well, yeah. It's the it's the unknown, right? right? It's the vagueness. It's the unknown. It's the it's the fear. And the people are always like, I'm not afraid of anything. It's like, okay, relax. It's, it's not that you're afraid of something, which clearly if you say that, they say that you're like, well, you're afraid of that. But it's about the unknown, not knowing, and not having control over what you don't know. Yeah. Right? And it's, and it's, and, and it's the thought process that people have and little kids. And this is why I was focusing on the little girls is little kids don't know because of developmental stages. They don't know enough until they're older to know how to fix the things that are going on. If they don't have someone to talk to, or they don't mm. like, because they're relying on like if a parent is against therapy, for instance, here's how it ties into the, ther you know, international mental health, right? Awareness yeah. is that if parents are the type of parents that don't want your, their kids in therapy, because oh, that's ridiculous. What do they have to be worried about or yeah. what problems can they have? Or they don't want, usually parents don't want kids to go because they don't want them to out them. Right. Yep. That's the, that's the bottom line. Um, and so they don't See, have they're the anxious about it. <laughs> well, the parents are anxious yeah. about it because they know that they're probably yeah. doing something wrong. The kids are going to out it and they can't have it. So, you know, a lot of times little kids will out stuff at school more and more because of the, here's where TikTok and those things have been good. They'll give the kids messages of like, report what is not right. 
tell someone mm -hmm. and they do. And you know, then DCF gets involved or the child services and all those things, not in a lot of cases, but in some or right. many yep. depending, but it's, it's super important to have parents understand that therapy isn't supposed to be a bad thing. It's supposed to be a useful tool that isn't, this thing where you lay on the couch and just get analyzed. It's about just a place to, it's a space and place to just talk safely and not have judgment. And that's why I'm not a big fan of having parents in the room with their kids talking to no. me, but they do. A lot of parents will be like, I'm going to sit in the room. And I'm like, mm. really? Yeah. And, I, and I'll often say, it would be really great if you could spend half the session out of, out of the session. And you can see most parents are fine with it, but I have some that are very reluctant and so then right there, I know that there's an issue because I I'll often get the kids looking at me with like eyes like, you yeah. know, because the parent can't see them because they're sitting side by side. And I'm like, OK, so I get the cue and send them out. And then, you know, it's always like, I don't know what they told you, but, blah, 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 you know, so clearly the defenses come up about yeah. like something that they don't want me to know or that they're worried about what was said because clearly something's going on. And usually the kid has told me. And so I'm very um diplomatic in the way that I present it, unless it's something that I think you, it has to be straightforward because that's not going to happen. The benefit of a therapy session is the freedom to speak. Yes. Because you don't have that freedom anywhere else in your well, life. It's, and it's to give empowerment yeah. for that moment mm -hmm. where you don't have it anywhere else, yep. potentially. Right. It, or you don't feel like, you, you know, you can't tell um, a friend or family, family, friends. Yes but not you can't necessarily get the same kind of recommendations or advice but family members is really hard especially when we know the family of origin issues are often the problem that, at the root of what this the kids going through um not always but most of the time there's like some kind of connection in there and it's it's disempowering so you know i have i have people around both in practice and in personal that will like tell their kids why do you need to talk to a therapist when I, you have me yeah that's a, like that's not a good message to send to your no. kid like you don't need to have your kid shouldn't be telling you everything because then your spin on as a parent isn't the same thing as real world like outside like what's going on and giving them the best advice because you're trying to shape yeah. them in that way plus the um, therapy helps them put it on the table so you can deal right, with it right and and be able to process it in a way that's different than if you're out in the world with because parents will often deny Right. No, you don't feel that way. Oh, uh -huh. that's not right. You shouldn't feel that way about that. Well, you know, it's not about how you should or shouldn't feel. It's about how you do feel and what do you do with it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and I think that it's important not with just little kids. It happens in adulthood too. Oh yeah. I mean, so I was telling a story to a parental figure in my life recently, and they literally point blank told me, No, you didn't have that happen. I was like, Okay. And there were people around looking like yeah we were there we know it happened and this person was like no it didn't yep. i'm like well i have records and proof and, and it wasn't worth the yep. but but if you don't have the um tools to either just be able to go whatever it doesn't matter be, it will bring your anxiety up because yep. you fight to you fight to prove yourself to right. the world that in fact you do have feelings you know, and I was raised in that generation of you don't feel that way. You're fine. You're just a kid. Because when you're told that didn't happen. Right. You're a lunatic to that person. And you have to you have to accept that. And well, see, I've got I've learned that that they're <laughs> they might be. The lunatic. Well, no, true. <laughs> 
true, but some people can't accept the fact that someone thinks they're a lunatic. Right. So oh. they have to prove themselves. Right. And it's like at a certain well, there, there's certain situations where that's just a treadmill. Get well, and it. so that's why yeah. as an adult, when you have if you can get the skill instead of feeling like you have to be that you have to submit to anybody, but let alone a family member that they're right, you know, or someone invalidating your experience. You just have to have the skill of like, okay, well, I know, I know what the truth yeah. is for me. I have to be able to going back to the, the four S's, right. I have to be able to be seeing myself as valid. I have to soothe myself in a healthy way by being like, I know what my experience is and it's valid. And then have that safety and security that you can reject my feeling and I'm okay. Cause I'm not going to base my life on the fact that you either accepted or rejected me. Um, But whenever I've told the story about like this person saying that, or people that have talked about it because they were there when it happened, everyone's like, how can a parent say that? I'm like, "Mm, well, because they do. Yeah. And, and for whatever, there's a variety of reasons. Usually it's because, because they can't accept the consequences of that. Right. Yeah. Right. Or, and I think in this particular case, I think in the particular case for what I was, talking about in this person and this is very common in a lot of other people is that um there's a narcissistic quality to the person that it's like your experience somehow supersedes their experience and they don't want and it doesn't even matter in the grand scheme of the day but they don't want it to to do that so they have to unknowingly they just put it out there like well that couldn't have happened to you yep. it didn't happen to me because they are so ingrained with well if it's not my experience you can't possibly have it right and so i think that's a big piece of it and that happens a lot with i see i have a couple of kids in my practice right now that i definitely see that in the parents happening and they're struggling with the cognitive dissonance of wait a second i know my experience and yet my parents saying no yeah you can't have that experience essentially they're telling them right that's not your experience that's not how you feel because that's not how i feel and that's not how i see things and if you don't it goes back to that show i did a a couple months ago about the tether if you're not tethered into the parent who wants you to be think and feel that way you end up being narcissistically hurt by them because they will reject you and they get mad at you because you don't fall in line yep and that creates this whole thing and that happens a lot with little girls with little girls and mothers there's a beautiful book written about you know growing up um you know, surviving a narcissistic mother, essentially. And I've talked about the books before, but, and, and there's one for boys too, but it's just not as prevalent, at least in writings. And at least in my anecdotal evidence of like people coming in, there's much less of that um, with boys in that way. There's other issues, but Mm -hmm. it's not that little girls tend to be much more. I'll use the term abused in that way instead of, you know, so it's, it's rough. So the mental health issue is the global issue in terms of, boys and girls or men and women. But I think in terms of females, they're indoctrinated in a very different way into the mental health disparity and struggle um, because social media has such a grip on them and parenting has such a grip on them in such a different way. And I think that the culture of the demographic area, the geographic area, the socioeconomic status across genders for sure, but particularly in women and then women of color very much so. Yeah. So it's it's just it's such an important thing that if you're if you have girls in your life or women in your life being mindful of that and the anxiety because I think for the most part I don't know anybody right now that doesn't have anxiety. And yeah. I was thinking sure. about this the other day we were talking I was I was listening not talking. I was listening to something on a podcast myself the other day and and I was thinking about anxiety and they were talking about like different events that happen in in the world around us that cause anxiety and I actually think 
and I made, I have made this revelation to myself before, but it really came back to me the other day watching this or listening to this podcast that I don't think my anxiety, because I didn't have the type of anxiety that I had as a kid now. And I had a period of time where like, eh, I didn't, ha- and I'm, I don't have like massive anxiety, right? But didn't have it or I had deal it, with it differently. I, yeah, yeah. I, had, I had it, but I dealt with it differently because mm-hmm. it wasn't the same kind, like growing up as an athlete, growing up in the sport, growing up with a lot of stress around me, very different. But I pointedly remember a change in not only my, my life, but like my sleep patterns since this happened, I'm going to tell you, but my sleep patterns, my eating patterns, my exercise patterns, my relational patterns, all that when nine 11 happened. Mm. And I can go back to that day. Remembering after that, I have not been the same around t- in terms of my anxiety, my actual, just the actual physiological anxiety, the feeling of unsafe. Like I remember for two or three years, flying and feeling so anxious not about the flying but in the airport doing the getting caught into the vortex of profiling and getting and and get like it was just and i think well i would imagine if john's listening because john had a phone call from me i think from an airport in 2009 or 10 of me being like ah (laughs) you know not in the flight but just and and it was actually i was spot on a man who was not looking right he ended up actually sitting next to me. He got flagged and got taken away and I didn't do it, but wow. I, I just felt a vibe from him. Yeah. So I think that that changed it. And I think so life, you know, experiences. And then of course I had the Boston marathon bombing. Yeah. Right. Being off the, off the first bomb by 85 feet. Yep. It's just like another, another thing that, you know, not everybody experiences that kind of anxiety. So being at baseline, I'm always like, this, I always have this little edge level of it and just being like, mm. okay, it's okay. Real existential moments, yeah. real existential and, moments. And, For me, it was the invasion of Iraq afterwards, yeah. uh, and they launched the bombs on Israel, and it was a real thought that this might go World War Three, right? Type of thing. We didn't know what the results were going to be. That night was a very tense night, right? Yeah. Well, and right now in the world, talk about anxiety, right, and mental mm-hmm. health. I mean, the whole thing in the past three days with Israel and the Palestinians and the fighting and all this stuff, and them taking Americans and. I'm watching the anxiety because I have a lot of people in my practice of different faiths and different like backgrounds and they are all being impacted. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of conversation about that. And it's a, and it's a lot. Cause so I'm, so it's, I think if you can be open about it, if you can be able to talk to someone about it and not feel like, I mean, we have the luxury in this country of being able to be open about that in other countries not yeah. so much so being able to share that experience and the fears that people have about their family their loved ones themselves um because anxiety comes in lots of different ways and i think the existential way that we're talking about in that way like from natural not natural from disasters that are happening around us that we find ourselves in that aren't like an earthquake a hurricane right. a snowstorm or whatever these are things that are um ever present you're always like fearful so i can only imagine what it was like to live during the cold war time when everyone was like hiding under yeah hiding under tables and i look at you know the documentary there's some documentaries out now that talk about the the anxiety that was created during that time and how it was so unrealistic to say get under a table because it wouldn't have done anything right meanwhile you know people that were in the higher up powers were getting bunkered in that we're going to be protected forever meanwhile you're told you're fine you get under a table you'll be okay you know i was and, joking oh with my, my god i was joking with my bonus daughter who was talking about how 
tough it is at when she was in high school at the time and it was like it's like okay i was hiding under desks right for nuclear attacks so right. we had our things too you know right it, well, i mean and, and it wasn't the same it's not the same there's a whole different set of challenges now. well it's it, right and that's a big and that's a big thing and that's why i'm saying there's there's a couple documentaries out talking about like the impact you know and one of them is while oh god i'm gonna mess up the name if john was listening he would know um it's while while the rest of us die or something i'll have to remember what it is but it's really good it's talk it talks it's talking about like how those times created such a whirlwind of um fear mm -hmm. and it's continuing on with the next event the next event the yeah. next event and how oh, for schools now school shootings are right exactly yeah. and and yeah. how to and how to protect and all those things and um and of course you know press is ramping it up and yeah. right and yes. so and they and then if you so this, these documentaries are really good and i'll have to remember the name but while the it's about part of the title is while the rest of us die yeah while they watch us die i'm trying to remember but it was really it's really good because they talk about just the anxiety that people were they were saying to people you'll be fine you'll be fine but in fact sitting under a table wouldn't have made you fine right and so it's just like right now i think there's more realistic people more realism in people's minds about what could really happen with school shootings and other things that are happening in the world and or terrorism or whatever it is so the mental health of people is always on the edge because i think people are more realistic about the fact that it could happen yep. and it doesn't mean it's going to but i think people it's more present and so people are always more on edge than they used to be and so it makes it harder for people yeah. but yeah. people have more outlets to talk about it because people weren't talking about it when you were hiding under desks in the same way it was just like a thing you did you know the sirens would go off you go on it's not the same thing as living like in israel right now yeah it's not the same thing. Yeah, right yeah. right it's a totally totally different story yeah um anyway so so in honor of mental health awareness month day international whatever it is right with little <laughs> girls just being mindful that you know everybody's got something going on and so when you're out and about and living your life and things happen and people are in bad moods or whatever it's you know it's I, and i have to remind myself of this like that's it's not a me issue it's a person's issue it's not my issue it's theirs you know unless i've done something to create them to be in that space right you know it's like just know that Something's going on in that person's life. I spent three hours on the phone on Monday with an insurance company. I got bounced around half a dozen times. And 90% of the people were like, cool. There was 10% that were. And yeah. I just, and they just, and I'm, the nicer I was, the better it got. The nicer I was, the better it got. But I had a moment where I was like, because mm, <laughs> three hours on the phone and it's still not resolved. And I'm losing my mind. And you probably have this experience that I have. It's like you just, you you put something away and then you know you get a text message or you get a message or email or something something else come up it's just it's just constant barrage well yeah well and, and i think that's life and i don't and i think yeah. that people have a misnomer in their head that if they if the happiness or joy in life is that having no things happening and that everything's smooth and it's not you know we have what is it? I think I posted ten thousand eight hundred forty six dollars in a bank account and ten dollars goes missing. Do you have a meltdown? No, yeah. but that's the same amount of seconds we have in a day and you have 10 seconds or even 10 minutes of your day that gets thwarted by something. Why does it have to take away from your day? It's all what you make of it, right? It's not, it's, it, you have all these other seconds, all these other moments. Um, but there's always something, you know, I resolved out some, this one issue and I was telling you about, I resolved out an issue on Friday with something, right? Mm -hmm. And literally on the heels of it being resolved out, not related to 
anything to do with the thing that was resolving out after months of something, another thing came up yeah. like right away and became another issue. And I'm like, are you serious? But like my big thing now is at a certain point in the day, I'm done. Right. And it's like, it's, you think everyone thinks happiness comes like all day. You're just happy. Mm -mm. And it's like, no, find your moments. Right. And it's right? just moment and you're having moments and you're yeah. going to have moments of not so great things. And you might have days where there's not anything bad or, or negative, but it's not always supposed to. It's and then the Patriots play. Oh, <laughs> you just had to bring it back to Mac Jones, didn't you? And no, Bill, because and I was Bill laughing Belichick. because I've said it on the show before that four hours with the Patriots was one of those spaces. Well, you and, can, and you look forward you, to it. You, you can still. Now it adds to the mix. No, you can't. Yes, you can. <laughs> you cannot, cannot enjoy Lou, Sunday gonna, or Lou, last Sunday. Lou, or the, well, the Sunday before they won. Yeah. But one time. That wasn't terribly enjoyable either, right? Yeah. Listen, yeah. don't pick on the Patriots. I'm they, not picking on them. You are you're a fair weather fan. fan I am not. fair weather fan. I am farthest thing from a fair weather fan. Well, you're not you're not giving them, you know, they they have this is not gonna be their year in that way. Oh yeah, really? <laughs> Listen, the Red Sox had a long run of being terrible. And now we're having a moment with the Patriots. But the Bruins start well, the today. The Red Sox are terrible too, but that's a whole oh other Oh my story. God. Okay, the Bruins start today. Let's have something positive. The Bruins, yeah, okay, opening, the night, Bruins tonight. opening night tonight. Yeah. Opening night tonight. Go Bruins. Yep. Um, God. Anyway, so but I that's still... part of the thing of dealing with anxiety, right? Being able to set it down at some point. You're just, you're carrying all this baggage around. And it, yes, you it, need it, to let becomes... go of Mac and Bill. <laughs> I am. I've let it go. No, really, you haven't. And you get this low-grade fight-or-flight instinct that you're living with all the time, and it just wears it. Well, I think that's one of the best points that you've made. <laughs> Thank you. Is that... <laughs> wow. That was a great compliment. Thank you. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm going to take it back in a second. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, because the fight and flight, people use the term so loosely all the time. And it's actually the... What did he, I can't see what he said. I want to try being a Jets fan. You poor babies. It's fair enough. <laughs> it's true. It's fair enough. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, but the fight. Thanks, Bruce. You just made me feel better. <laughs> but that is true. Yeah. But being Jets, poor Jets. Ooh, ooh. I know. Oof. So um, I hate him and I feel bad for him. Oh my God. You should not use that word. You're bad. Sports hate. I know. It's, it's I know. perfectly valid. Uh, oh my God. Can I finish? <laughs> yes. You said you weren't going to interrupt me today. No, I did not. <laughs> well, I heard it in my head. Yeah. But the fight and flight thing, mm -hmm. that those terms are so loosely used now. It's like fight, flight. But actually, that's what everyone, and I mean everyone, is pretty much in all the time. Mm -hmm. You, I don't know a person that is pretty much not in fight and flight all the time, even if they're unaware of it. Because I think we're so culturally, as a country, whether it's sports, school job politics mm -hmm. religion war like whatever it is we're always in at least a brain space unless you're living off grid yep. and you don't have the exposure to it which is few and far between but you're always in that heightened amygdala space your limbic system your emotional center of the brain that's what that is the amygdala it's in the fight and flight all the time because that's where your agitation your anxiety your fight and flight space is yep. for and you know your anger your ability to control your impulses and your frontal lobe to not be reactive and all so i think people are often in that and don't realize it and use the terms or think of it very loosely like well fight and flight you know blah blah, blah. but really everybody is yep. that and if you don't have awareness that that's really going on 
you are reactive. You're not responsive. You are impulsive. You're not in control. You do let your, you do let your dog walk your walk you instead of you walk the dog. So I think it's good morning, Mary. But I think going back to your original point with girls and it's societal, but societal is a fight. We're a fight and flight society. Mm -hmm. We're generating it all the time. We're, we're cultivating it. We're looking for it. We're, we're trying to whip it up all the time. Well, that's all we get hit with is fight or flight. Well, the thing with like girls, right. Just in that one, like one instance, just like little girl, young girls, right. The fight and flight is just as basic as, them seeing an image of like, this is what you're supposed to look like. And they're 10 years old and they're in fight and flight already going, if I don't look like that, I'm not worthy enough to be fill in the blank. And that's, and I have nine and 10 and 11 year olds doing that now. I even have as young as six starting eating disorders because of the messaging they're getting. And it's like, oh my God, you know, cause they're already in fight and flight for just those things. Imagine, and that's one issue, not even all of them. And so, and it's it's so mind-blowing that people don't realize i think people do but they don't you know what i mean it's like a turn a blind eye to the issue because you know it will work itself out things like that always do but that's not really how it is they don't work themselves out no. in the way that they should because people just keep going along and reinforcing the pattern of that behavior instead of being like wait a second right we have to slow that roll a little bit. Well, these national days are an example of that, right? Right. Oh, yeah. It, that's it's, why it's telling you you're why... you're inadequately aware of this problem. And that's and why I think six they're... a day. And that's well, and that's why yeah. I think that the awareness days are good. But and that's why I made sort of fun of the fact that October is l- stacked with them. Yeah. And so it sort of loses some of the impact because yesterday, as Bruce pointed out. <laughs> today's a day. Yesterday was yeah. a day. I'm pointing out like there's all these days, and October has them, but. So I if I go on and see six posts about National Coming Out Day and I don't make a post about National Coming Out Day, I'm bad for some reason. You know, you, you right. feel inadequate. And it's like, it's just constant. It's just, it's thrown at you constantly. See, now, it's interesting because your narrative is that. And I see six, po- like, for I'll take your example. I see six posts about the National whatever fill in the blank day it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I don't need to post anything because people got it covered. <laughs> so I go the other <laughs> way. I'm like, I don't need to do it because everybody else got it covered. Yeah, diffusion of responsibility. It's a wonderful thing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, well, it's also in the vein of like, I do a lot. No, but those posts are, and it's not upfront with everybody, but it's societal. Those posts are, I'm aware and you're not. So um, I don't don't agree with that. It's not always that I'm aware you're not. I think it's, uh, I don't know what you're seeing. My the post I see about whatever the out day is, right? This yeah. is the day of. Are not like in your face, like don't you see it? It's not. They're most like, hey, it's blah 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 day. Celebrate so and so, or celebrate something, or you know, or be kind day, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's I don't see. Maybe it's because of my logarithms or and people that I'm friends with don't have <laughs> that kind of stuff coming into their feed, Lou. What but I just you have it coming into your feed. I, but I don't see stuff like that. You kind of had that attitude towards National Daughters Day and National Sons Day a week or so ago. But that that was just an excuse to post pictures of I, kids. Well, that's which what, is I, fine. I just I don't think. Yeah. That, I mean, unless Bruce can come up with finding the actual legitimacy of those days, I don't know if those were actual real days. Yeah. So I. But it wasn't like. So one could make the reasoning that you just said about it, like, well, if you don't have children, then you feel bad about yourself. Because oh, it made well, you feel bad. Well, right. That's a different thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> I can't post one. So yeah. I post National Cat Day. There you go. 
And there was, it was International Cat Day a couple weeks ago. Yeah. It truly was. So. International okay. Cat Day? Yeah. Okay. Celebrate your cat. They had dog day too. Yay. Oh, you know what? <laughs> no, I'm fine. I have two cats. I'm doing my cat. Oh, now. I'm doing my cat thing. Now, if everyone heard you an hour ago while we were sitting here waiting for you to catch up on the late show that you put on for me today, you were talking about the. I know. Totally differently about the cats. The things that didn't even exist in your life except throwing. I up. kid about the cats. You. I'm not the biggest cat fan, but I. You, I do you have two not, in my house. I take you, care of my feet. You, my, you, well, that's to be seen. Janet, if you're listening, <laughs> when you go away, we have to worry. Fed the cats. I fed the fish. Are you sure? Was that today or was that like no. three days ago? <laughs> Feed them every day. I don't know. Yep. I'm just and then some. A couple am I make, times. Am a I day. making you have anxiety? No. Oh, good. No, not at all. I'm okay. <laughs> Got my dog. I'm good. Uh, okay. Well, you were sweating bullets when I came in today. Well, that's because that was the that was actual legitimate anxiety caused by the fact I caused the show to be a half an hour late. Oh my God! You admitted that you were half an hour late. I admitted it. I, Just now. When did I not admit it? Well, you were like, it was not half an hour. And when I said it, I had to be very specific, 27, well, 27 minutes. 27 minutes. In case Mary didn't know that the show ran late today, starting by 27 <laughs> minutes. Yeah, just get it out there again. Exactly. Well, I want to make sure Mary joined us later, so I want to make sure she wasn't that late because you were so late. Yep. Um, the other thing I want to talk about really quickly, because we are over and and I, and I have you to actually go, go to work. You can go as long as you need. Oh, thank you. Oh, you have to go to work. Well, yeah. well yes. Yeah. Um, I have to go therapeutize people. I have to make stronger girls. Is that the word? Uh, well, it's the word for today. Okay. I'm going to therapeutize. I always say that to John. Don't therapeutize me. <laughs> Actually, he says it to me. But anyway. Um, the other thing I was going to talk about, and I'm going to talk about it more next week because we're still in the month of pumpkin. Yes. There's actual psychological stuff around. Oh, no. The pumpkin issue. And I had the same thought. Oh, no. Because I am so done with what pumpkin. is the pumpkin issue the pumpkin issue in a good way for people people love the whole pumpkin spice thing Fine, enjoy that's why that's that's why ryan reynolds it was ryan reynolds was it? yeah ryan reynolds did the that funny commercial about his you know his mint you know his phone service or whatever he does and then oh did yeah. the whole thing I did you see it? it no i haven't seen it it's very funny but it's it it's like okay, everyone can put down the pumpkin spice because it starts like way earlier. Yeah, in Mary, the... you may not have been, you may not have been late at all. May not have been <laughs> as late as you thought you were either. Too <laughs> <So you were> late. <laughs> she has emptying boxes out of my garage and move a stack randomly. Oh. Sorry, I was late. Pumpkin. Okay, you are fine, Mary, because Lou was very late today, and you are fine. No, I wasn't and... late. The technology was late. No. Person in chair. I was here. Not in computer. Picnic. You were a picnic. I today. know I made a bad choice. You blew it. So the pumpkin thing, which I will talk about next week, isn't real. It's not superfluous at all. There's actually a whole thing of why we are so addicted to the pumpkin spice craze. And I'm gonna put it out there. There's actually there's they, biological mechanics. To there's this? there's a there are <laughs> not so you get them turned against me. <laughs> bad loop. <laughs> Are you um, happy now? See? Yeah. <laughs> Put some anxiety in you. There yeah. we go. No. Um, but there's a there's psychological, um, I would say biological, yes, physiological, yes, and group collective oh, sure. group yeah. think push around it. But there's actual um there's actual things related to the pumpkin spice phenomenon around seasonal affective disorder, 
um, and then I, I'm going to go into other things, but it's, it's actually a real thing. I, yeah. And, and it's countrywide, not just in the colder regions. Oh, it's really? countrywide. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. Which that surprises I'm already, me. I, so here's the thing. I used to be big, like huge 10, 15 years ago. I was like big into the whole pumpkin, you know, pumpkin donuts and pumpkin yeah. spice. I'm like, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not about this anymore but i get the craze i understand the phenomenon i do but i i bought i'm surprised it, it's outside I, of our area because I, I get the whole collective thing yeah it's like yeah it's october you go get a pumpkin you know the only donut i eat but each year is a pumpkin donut no well i see i like the apple cider donuts those are good right? oh yeah those, those are yeah weird, right yeah those are like especially when they're fresh. they have to be at the place fresh. otherwise apple picking wouldn't exist oh yeah i don't care about apple picking no i, I know go and do the only reason anybody to, does that go is go to the apple cider donuts yeah it's yeah. it's a fall thing have to get and the it's hot a new bag. Thing. right yeah. that is right yeah but the pumpkin spice thing is definitely she's not part of the pumpkin no, she's yes out. well there we go i'm out too now because i bought a month ago because it started at the end of august this year it's like yeah. Okay, we're not even in. I remember I said it on a show. I'm like, we're not even in September, and we are already in the pumpkin thing. But the, I bought a, a little thing of the Keurig pumpkin spice things, and I had one, and I got sick of it. So I think John drank them all because I was like done. John says, lob, uh, John <gasps> says lobster and pumpkin and ravioli is oh, god. Yeah. Oh, it is. That is good, but that's yeah, yeah. different. Pumpkin in that is different. So pumpkin the pie is different. I don't get the lobster thing. That's where I'm oh, at because it tastes so good together. Have no, just lobster in general. Oh, for God's sake. Well, sometimes too I'll much work. <laughs> You're killing me. We need you need therapy. <laughs> you need we therapy. all know that to be true. We, yes, yeah. I know. Everybody that yeah. listens tells me Lou needs therapy. I'm just kidding. Has <laughs> that for the day. That's not true. Sort of. You just pull pork before Ugh. lobster. No. Yep. Okay. Well, we know where you're at. What did he say? I don't like them things either. Oh, he doesn't. Lobster. Sometime I'll have John tell you the story of the lobster in the flight person that the, the, um, God, I can't get the words out today. The lobster and the pilot story. Oh God. That sounds interesting. Okay. You'll never eat lobster again, but I did. I was like, I don't care. I'm still eating lobster. Yeah, plus but one got, of the reasons why John doesn't really eat lobster is because of that story for himself. Because it's a, plus, I've got this thing I don't like to eat food that still looks a lot like the animal. You eat meat, you just talk but it's it's meat, it's not. Oh, not, so you mean like because the lobster is in front of you with the face? Yes, so like if it's a cow and it's chopped someone's up, someone's putting or, a cow head on my plate, I'm not eating it. So you won't eat off of a of, at a pig roast, you won't no, eat, no, because you see the face, it's a little too closely related at the point so as long as you can diffuse it in your head that it's not real <laughs> the real yes. living thing mm. yes okay sue me uh -oh. oh my god you're hostile <laughs> you have no place to that, be hostile. that was hostile you're creating stress in me yeah not no <laughs> i know so anyway going back to the pumpkin spice thing so i'm going to talk about that today because we did run out of time <clears throat> and i'm also going to talk about we did more than the hour so we are on the hour right now. I know. Yeah. It just ran over into spaces. Yeah. Um, I don't like it. <laughs> it's, it's a big bug. It's a big bug. Exoskeleton related to a cockroach. I, that is a true story. Yep. That's disgusting, but thank you. It's true. Um, and um, just to be correct so that people don't correct me, it's not International Mental Health Day. It's World <laughs> Mental Health Day. <laughs> 
I just want to make sure because I will get I will get people that not on the right now, but later in the week they'll be like, it's not that you said it wrong, and they'll have to come back next week and correct it. What? And I understand it, so I just want to make sure I was correct on that. And then I also wanted to make sure that um, <laughs> it's turned into a cooking show at this point. <laughs> oh my god, with melted butter! Oh my god, you guys are killing me. Um, so. Next week, I'm going to talk about why the fall makes us crave things pumpkin. Nice. So that's one of yep. the things. And I'm also going to talk about, and this was supposed to be today, but, you know, we got a little derailed with the show. Um, so how, because it's Halloween time, I always like to do things on paranormal. Like, remember how I, I haven't seen Ron in forever, but yeah. things on that. But it's more about how do your afterlife beliefs affect your daily life? And I have a whole thing oh. talking about afterlife beliefs and how they affect your da daily life and how you live your life based on how you believe it's a in great stuff, subject right yeah. so we're gonna go from pumpkin to good deep stuff nice i know but actually the pumpkin thing is actually detailed yeah in i'm kind of interested in that so thing. they both have weight but i picked them because they have it's halloween and i love halloween yep. and it's you know it's great i love halloween so um anyway thanks everybody for tuning in i'm sorry i was late today it's all loose fault and yep. we'll and, be on time next and, week and we'll see but you guys have a great week and i will see you then